0: Can y'all hear me? Amen, amen, amen. So, uh, so do come out. And uh, I just wanted to, and I, I'm sure she mentioned it, but I wanted to just reemphasize that we will uh, make sure to make a little bit of time next week uh, because we'll be having our church business meeting. So if you have some, uh, we'll be talking about things that everybody's concerned about. Number one, we'll be talking about money and uh, where your money has been gone for the past Whole year, so I want you to come out next week, and we'll talk about some other things that relate to where we're going as a people, as a church. So make plans to be out there for that, and uh, and uh, we will do our best to get you out within an hour uh, uh, for the meeting. Amen. Uh, I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet, and while you're doing that, turn to Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter number fourteen, as we prepare for the Word of the Lord this morning. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number fourteen. And we will begin reading in verse 22. When you arrive there, say amen. Amen. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And when he sent the multitudes away and when he had I'm sorry, on the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, even when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, "'It is a ghost!' And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Pray with me. Father, we thank you this morning. Help us to understand your word today. Father, equip us for this hour. God, I pray that we will be transformed from what we hear today, and Jesus would be glorified. We ask these things in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. Just by way of recap, we are in our series entitled PUSH. And we have said that PUSH is our go word for 2013. It is our theme for this entire year. I'm sorry, not 2013, but 2015. Hallelujah. I don't know where I got 13 from. Uh, but, um, but anyway, so uh, PUSH is an acronym. It stands for uh, Persevere Unity, Staying Focused, and Harvest. The first week we uh, took the first letter in our acronym and we talked about perseverance. We reminded uh, us that we need to persevere in our pursuit to advance the kingdom of God, to win souls, to make disciples of what we're called to do. Last week we spoke about unity and we really took an in-depth look at the importance of unity and how powerful the force of unity is when we are committed to do something together. And today, I want to talk about staying focused, which is the next uh, thing in our acronym of PUSH. This thing, focus, is something that really resonates with me in so many ways. Um, I've come to understand that your ability to focus will determine the level of your success. If you have no focus in your life, if you, have not, if you have no structure, no sense of direction, and you're just kind of uh, winging it, then oftentimes we find that we're not as effective. How many of you remember Mike Tyson, the, the, fight, the fight that he fought some years ago against Buster Douglas? Do you remember him? Uh, for those who don't know, Mike Tyson was a bad guy. When I mean bad, I mean like he will beat you like, if, if, the, if the fighting match went past two rounds, that was a big deal. Mike Tyson would simply look at you and knock you out. By the way, he, that's pretty much what he did to Michael Spinks, by the way, when he won the heavyweight championship. He looked at the boy, he was done before he even got in the ring. But Mike Tyson was the first boxer that I knew that would knock somebody out with a body blow. I mean, I saw one time Mike Tyson was fighting, hit the dude in the stomach, and he quit. Now, you, how many know boxers always get hit in the stomach? Well, so. Mike Tyson was looked at as being invincible. I mean, really, I mean, this guy would just, and at the time, Mike Tyson was at the pinnacle of his career. Nobody could beat him. He was just sailing on through. Then came, old oh boy, Buster Douglas. Nobody knew who Buster Douglas was. Buster Douglas was pretty much, uh, at best, on a really, really good day, he was an average fighter, at best. So Mike Tyson gets in the ring with Buster Douglas and nobody's even really paying attention. Nobody even wants to spend a lot of money to, to pay for the fight because you pretty much know what's going to happen to me. It's Buster Douglas. He's a nobody. And so I was, uh, when I first heard the news, I was, I was, at, a, I was, uh, I was at a club. I was, I was, I was still in my sinful ways back in those days. And, 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 and the DJ announced over the speaker, and he says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Tyson just got knocked out. And everybody on the dance floor stopped. And you would have thought that everybody's mother passed away. I mean, everybody oh. And I remember in too, tune, I was like, no way. Somebody is lying. Mike, no way. And I come to find out that in the eighth round, that nobody, Buster Douglas, had beat Mike Tyson. And then, and so I begin to try to figure out, like everybody else, God, what happened? Mike, what were you thinking about? Come to find out that if you listen to Mike Tyson, uh, he didn't prepare like he was supposed to prepare. He kind of took it for granted. So you know the normal discipline that he would do to prepare for a fight? Suddenly, he wasn't doing that anymore. He stopped doing those discipline. He started taking things for granted. By the way, it's just Buster Douglas. Simply put, Mike Tyson lost his focus. He began to take things for granted. Disciplines that had normally been in place, he wasn't doing them anymore. I mean, you know, that if you don't, on purpose, stay focused, that you could be another Mike Tyson. Focus is extremely, extremely important. You see, when I'm focused, I'm much more effective. How many of you have ever found yourself <laughs> fighting the wrong battles? You ever been like find yourself caught up in something and you didn't plan on being caught up in something, but you just got caught up in something? And then, you know, whether it was an argument, whether it was something with somebody, and then all of a sudden you sit there like, you know, and, and you realize, I'm just wasted. How did I get here? <laughs> How did I get in this place? a lack of focus. See, this world system has been designed in so many ways to distract you. Distract, everybody say distract. Distract is important. Because this system, everything, you know, everything that you see, everything that we, uh, our entertainment, our activities, Everything in this world, this system, has been designed to distract you from what you are supposed to be doing. And whenever you get distracted from what you are supposed to be doing, in effect, you're kind of losing. At least you're not as effective as you can be. And so how many know you must be purposeful in how you live your life? You must be purposeful. How many know that you just can't run with everybody? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me help. Because we, remember, we talking about staying focused. Some, but listen. You just can't listen. Uh, over the years, I, I, you know, being a policeman, I've had uh, many, many different experiences. But, you know, I don't talk about them a whole lot. But, but one of the common things that I always see over the years is the that people that, that I would pull over. There a lot of times there would be a group of people inside the car. And, and, and then, uh, you know, everybody get pulled over, over. You got the driver and then you hear somebody inevitably inside the car would say, Oh, well, I didn't know the drugs was in the car. I, 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 I didn't know that. Was that I, nobody told me. I'm just saying, I've been living some 40-some, almost 50 years. I've never gotten in a car with nobody who have drugs and guns that I don't know about. It. I'm just saying. And so, how many know that you can find yourself caught up in this something, and you can lose your focus, you can lose your sense of direction? So if you're going to be wise, you just can't be running with everybody. How many know if also you're going to be rise, you just can't be going anywhere. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You and I have to live a life of purpose. Don't just get up. Every, don't just go walking into places and go. Listen to me. I'll always want to know where I go. That's why, you know, if, whatever I do, you never catch me hitchhiking unless I know you. <laughs> That's just me. You must be a person that is purposeful in how you live your life. Certain activities. Don't just involve yourself in every activity. Think about what you're doing. Because this is how people get caught up. People get distracted. Distracted. And they end up losing their way. And what they were supposed to be doing, what God had told them to do, all of a sudden, everything has changed. And now you find yourself in a position, you find yourself in a place, and you're thinking to yourself, how did I get here? <laughs> Distractions are oftentimes a result of bad decisions that we make. Come on, somebody. I'll give an example. Well, uh, I know he's not saved, but I love him. He's good to me. He's cute. I got you cute. <laughs> A lot of people that fell for that bait. I know? Mean, now you're distracted. Oh, oh I, I know. I, I know this job will keep me from church and keep me from serving. And, 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 and you know, but, but the main thing, it, it, church is not that important. I know Jesus in my heart. Let me tell you something. If you're not in regular, I don't care who you are. I say it with a conviction. If you're not in regular fellowship with other believers, let me tell you something, your faith is missing an important ingredient. You can't be as focused as you should be because you, if you're committed to Christ, you're committed to his body. You are committed, do you hear me? Oh, I know I shouldn't be hanging around these bad influences, but I'm t- so tired of being alone. And then all of a sudden, we're left asking the question God, why haven't you helped me? God, why haven't you helped me? When all along, God has helped you. He's been there. I mean, no, God never changed. God's word is true. Are you hearing me? God's word is true. And so we got to be, listen, so in, in our ability to stay focused because we understand that the world system is against us. We understand that we need to be, the Bible said that we need to be wise, understanding what the will of the Lord is, right? So listen, if I need to be wise, I need to be understanding that I need to do some things on purpose. One of the things I've discovered is success don't just happen on accident, most cases. Even the people that get rich all of a sudden, you ever notice the people get rich all of a sudden that they're broke? No matter how many millions they get, (laughs) because it's about their mindset. You follow what I'm saying? It's a mindset issue. So we don't want to be people who are distracted. God wants us to know his will. He wants us to stay focused. Don't lose your focus. Don't get distracted. Look at Philippians chapter 3 in your Bibles. Go ahead and turn there real quick. Paul, the apostle Paul, was one of the most incredibly focused men. I mean, I I just I love the Apostle Paul for so many reasons. Because this here was a man who had an enormous amount on his plate. He was a man who was no doubt called of God. He was a man who in the beginning was persecuting the church and who was even consenting to the death of other believers. The Apostle Paul was a man that had done a lot of things that he himself said he regretted. He even called himself. He said, I am the chief of sinners, Paul said about himself. So Paul understood. And yet Paul had all this stuff, all this baggage, all this stuff that had happened in his life. But yet he was able to maintain his focus. Look at this verse. I, I love this verse. He says uh, Paul said this in verse number in verse starting at verse 12 of Philippians chapter three. He says now, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Here it is. One thing. Everybody say one thing. He's the one thing I do for getting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He says, now, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature, everybody say mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Now, understand this apostle. Paul's mission was to fulfill God's plan. And how many know that he was zero in on that? Everything that Paul did, Paul was, Paul was, Paul was consumed with this. He said, look, I want to fulfill the call of God on my life. How many know that Paul didn't have a whole lot of room for anything else? Y'all say, are you still with me? Say amen. amen. In fact, Paul, even, you wanted some more insight into the apostle Paul. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.4, he says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. Ye soldiers, you know how it is. They isolate you. Some would call it brainwashing. But what they're really doing is they want you to be consumed. They want you to understand what you're supposed to be doing. How many know Paul was zeroed in? He understood. I got to focus. I got a purpose. But look, his, his, but I like what he says in verse 13. He said, this one thing I do, though. He said, I forget the things which are behind. Mm. And I press forward to what's ahead of me. How many know that in order to embrace your future, you cannot be distracted by your past? In golf, we like to say you are only as good as your last shot. That's a hard thing for me because when I golf, I like to hit the ball right. When I'm on, I can hit a golf ball, let me tell you. I'm, but when I'm off, I'm off. And one of the things they tell me when I first started golf. they said, you got to put, because I, I can't believe, I hit a beautiful shot, for those who know golf. Hit a beautiful shot down the fairway. I mean, my first, my drive was perfect, and then I got an approach shot. And I, I, I shank it. I knock it in the woods, and I'm mad. I can, how could I? And now I'm, I'm ready to hit my third shot. Now I'm upset. How could I have hit that bad shot? How could I? And how many know that if you stay there, you can never move ahead. You got to press on. See, how many know that the apostle Paul had to press on, amen? There was, there was, can you imagine all the people that were taught Paul, you know, you know what, you, you know, first of all, you were, you were, yourself, you were a blasphemer. Paul, don't you remember what you were doing to the church? Don't you remember, Paul, all your, yeah, yeah, you know what, that's what, and one time Paul even said, I am what I am by the grace of God. In other words, I forgot about that because I can't be distracted by what people say about me. How many have you have people try to remind you of your past? You don't need to talk about your future. What I was and what I used to do, that's over. I used to be a prostitute. I don't prostitute no more. Yeah, I used to be a dope de- I don't deal dope no more. I used to be a whoremonger, but I ain't whoremongering no more. That's what I used to do. I got to shake it off. You got to shake it off. Why do you got to shake it off? Because now you have a whole new focus now. You have a whole new purpose now. I'm zeroed in on my thing. And I cannot be distracted. Don't let nobody distract you by telling you what it was. You tell them what it is. (laughs) Paul says, I press. Well, why was he pressing? Because there were so many things trying to pull him in so many different directions. Yeah, yeah. You remember Apostle Paul? The Bible said Paul was all the time. I mean, there were people. Think about it. Paul was in a position where he could have been easily distracted so many times. I'm going to come out here and talk to you. Paul Paul could have been distracted so many times. You know, there were people, there were bounties on his life. And one place in the book of Acts, they said, Paul, the whole group of people had fasted. They said, we ain't going to eat nothing until we find Paul and kill him. Paul was being beaten every city he go. He went in the scripture said that that the Holy Spirit was telling him persecution and trials awaits me everywhere I go. Paul didn't even know if he was going to come out alive. Paul had pressures, not only the, 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 the pressures of people coming up against him, his own people, may I add, and he had to go through all of that, and yet he was still focused enough to plant churches. He was still focused enough to do the will of God. And, you know, for many of us, I'm going to tell you right now, let's be honest. If we find out somebody was trying to kill us, that would be enough to make us go in hiding. Forget about pressing on, brother. I'm hiding. Trying to save my life. That guy got the witnesses in the house. (laughs) Many of us be like, I'm up out of here, brother. They're trying to get me. I'm hiding. Where you at? He won't come out the house. (laughs) Apostle Paul was a man who had all of this pressure. I mean, we read this stuff, and we don't understand the, what this brother was experiencing. It was so easy for him to be distracted. It was so easy for him to get off course because he could have been consumed with all the chatter around him. But he said, no, God's called me to something, and I'm going to do it. I know mean, at some point in time in your life, you've got to make a determination. You want to get free, you've got to make a decision to be free walking. You got to make a decision that I'm going to serve God no matter what. I'm not going to shrink back. I got a focus. I got a purpose. I understand what God wants me to do. Amen. Paul was consumed with this thing. Paul talks about this upward call, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. How many know that every one of you got an upward call? See, watch this. See, write this one down. The upward call De- the upward call as described by the Apostle Paul is fulfilling God's assignment for your life the way he designed you to do it according to your gifting, your passion, and your spiritual abilities. Let me say that again. The upward call as described by the Apostle Paul is fulfilling God's assignment for your life the way he designed you to do it according to your gifting, your passion and your spiritual abilities. Show me a person that's called, and I'll show you a person that got passion. Passion will make you do stuff that normal folks wouldn't do. Passion will make you get up in the midnight hour. Passion will make you put up with some stuff. Why? Because you got passion. You got a call. Every one of you got an upward call. And just in case you thought to yourself, well, 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 well Pastor, this was just for the Apostle Paul. Well, that ain't what he said there, because he says in verse 16, he says, uh, Nevertheless, to this degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same what? Same rule, let us be of the same what? Mine. So you got to be, your thought thought process got to be like this. Listen to me. The I, well, no matter where God has you, no matter what your sphere of influence, no matter what your occupation. I told you a couple of weeks ago when we first started this series, wherever your job, your occupation is, you must understand that you work for God. You, listen to me, you are to advance the mission of God wherever he sent you. Your inspiration behind everything you do is to further God's interest in the earth. You're not there to just collect the paycheck and go home and beat the traffic on I-95. You are there for a purpose. I say it loud, I say it proud. Understand that how many know there are no mistakes with God? Somewhere I read in the Bible that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love them. Does anybody here love God? Has anybody here got a situation you don't necessarily like? God said all things work together for good for them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Look at the neighbor and say, you all right? You all right? So you got to understand that. How many know that Jesus had to overcome some distractions? Oh, Jesus. How many of you love Jesus today? Hallelujah. <laughs> I love me some Jesus. Boy, when I read the Bible sometimes, it's like after 20, 24 years, it'd be 25 years this year, and, you know, I still get excited. I mean, my, my, my kids will tell you, my friends, there are times when I'm in the Word of God and I get up in the middle of the floor and I just start walking around, I just start jumping up and down. It's, it's like, ah, ah, ah God. Jesus, Jesus is our teacher. He's our master. I love his word. And and listen to me. Jesus said this, talking about passion, everybody say passion. Passion. Jesus said this in Luke 12, 50. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am today. it is completed. Jesus was saying. Boy, I got a calling. I got a fire. I got a passion. God has called me to something, and I am distressed until I accomplish it. In other words, I'm dialed in. And anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. have I mean, you know Jesus had to be dialed in? And I mean, there were many deflectors, many distractors to try to keep Jesus off his purpose. Many were working overtime. You remember Satan who tried to tempt him? Look at Matthew chapter number four. Go to Matthew chapter four real quick. Run, run. Matthew chapter four. Run, 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 run. Are you there? Say amen. All right. Then Jesus said, I got to run. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Matthew chapter four. And when he had fasted 40 days, 40 nights, afterwards he was what? Hungry. Now when the tempter, everybody say tempter, came to him, he said, if you're the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he said, watch what Jesus said. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil takes him up into a holy city, sat him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, ain't that something? The devil quoting scripture. Some people don't even, the devil, you see this, the devil know more Bible than Christians now. He just perverts it. He perverts it. You but listen, y'all be, listen, we got to be committed to truth of God's word. The devil perverts, don't you know? understand why all this fake doctrine is going around? Because Satan perverts it. Mm, I got to, I got to, I got to move. Verse seven, Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Then again, the devil took him on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things. I will give you if you will just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. How I many of you know that the devil was trying to distract Jesus? Came to him when he was hungry. Jesus, by the way, I know you're hungry. I know you, ain't the devil dirty? I know you ain't eating in like 40 days. Turn that stone to bread. I mean, you're the son of God. Jesus, I, look, go ahead, throw yourself down. Jump up on the pinnacle. If I could jump on something, I'll show you. Jump up, jump down. I mean, the scripture says God will just the angels bear you up, so you won't hit your head against the stone. Jesus, go ahead. Jesus, if you worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. What was he trying to do? Distract him. But how did Jesus fight him? Get this, get this. How did Jesus fight him? With, with the word, with the word, with the word, with the word. He kept saying, "It is written." It is written, it is written, it is written. Do you know what is written? If Jesus had to pull out the scriptures, what do you think that leaves you and I? Amen. Pastor, I don't have to read the Bible every day to be saved. No, you have to read the Bible every day to be effective. Amen. Right. You have to read the Bible every day to keep your mind renewed in the things of God. I don't understand Christians can go three, I don't get it, I don't get it, help me, beat me upside the head, talk to me. I don't understand how you can be a Christian and don't read your Bible for three, four, five days. Some of you don't even open it up till Sunday. I don't get it. How are you going to know the mind of God? Listen, you are in warfare. You better read this thing every day. The Bible said that Jesus himself would get up early in the morning before the sun came up to be in the presence of God. I don't get it. Pray for me. Pray for me because I don't get it. I have come to discover in my own life if I'm not in this thing every day, if I ain't reading this thing, I mean, everybody say every day. Every day I will get distracted. It's so easy. If you don't know what this thing says, you are a candidate. You're a candidate. It's open season on you. It's like the devil is saying, Woohoo! But show me somebody. And you know what the Bible said when Jesus kept smacking them upside the head with the word, the devil backbound. Can't do nothing with the word. Because the Bible said, Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, it's gonna stand. That's why you need to read this word because it's eternal. This is not just words on a page. This is living, breathing, breathing power, life, right here. Mm, I gotta keep going. Amen. Jesus, at one point, he had to call the Pharisees out who were trying to distract them. Mm, go go, go, go to, run, 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 run. Go to Luke. Oh, Jesus. Go to Luke chapter twenty. Run, run. Go there real quick. Luke chapter twenty. Look at this. You get there, say Amen. I want y'all to run because I'm trying to do. Let me know. <laughs> I'm going to say this statement, and so it's going to rub some of you the wrong way, but you got to hear what I'm saying first. Before you write me off, just hear what I'm saying. I had, to, I had to learn this the hard way. There are some people you just got to cut off, there are some people who just want to sabotage you. There are some people who don't mean you well, whether they realize it or they don't. Let me tell you something. Who was Jesus the most hard, the most firm with? He was the most firm. He spoke the most egregious words to the Pharisees. You know why? Because he knew what they were about. Listen, listen, look at, I'm show you, look at Luke chapter 20. Here's the Pharisees, listen to this. So they watched him. How many know the people are watching you? Amen. And they sent spies. Watch this. Who pretended to be righteous, that they might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. So, so watch this. The Pharisees showing up, right? But how many know they mean Jesus no good? Then they asked him, watch, look at this, look how, this, look how they were!" Then they said to him, first of all, you know they're coming with an agenda. So they look at it, then they say, well, they asked him saying, teacher, we know, that you say that, we know that you say and teach rightly. You do not show personal favoritism, but you teach the word of God in truth. In other words, Jesus, you are so anointed. You just preach the word of God in truth. You're so solid, Jesus. I mean, you speak with power with great authority. How I many you know they didn't mean nothing they said? And then they asked him a trick question. Here it is. Jesus, um, uh, um, because you're anointed. <laughs> uh, uh, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar's or not? Now, how I many you know they already knew it was lawful? Don't ask me no question you already know the answer to. That's my wife. That drives me crazy. That's one of my pet peeves. Don't ask me a question. You already know the answer to it. That, that drives me nuts. They already knew the answer, but what were they trying to do? They wanted to, Jesus to, to, they wanted to be able to accuse Jesus of teaching the people not to pay taxes so that Caesar can get them. But you know Jesus was full of the spirit. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, watch this. The Bible says, he said, in verse 23, but he perceived their craftiness. How many know that when you walk with God every day, you'll perceive some things. See, there are a lot of people that get sidetracked, they get distracted, because they don't perceive. I'm talking to you, hear me? They don't perceive, they don't discern. How many know that the more you are in this book, the more you're praying, the more you're reading this thing every day, it'll make your spiritual senses sharp. Oh, and by the way, commit to obey to it. I need to throw that part in there too. It'll change you. It'll, Listen, listen to me. It, it'll bring it to, Jesus said, how many know, did Jesus, Jesus knew what was going on? He said, why do you test me, verse 23? Show me, show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. He said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. So you hit him twice. Hit him twice. Pay Caesar what you're supposed to pay him. And by the way, pay God too. But they could not catch him in his words in the presence of the people and they marveled at his answer and they kept what? Silent. He shut him down. How many of God's people easily get distracted? How many know that the, the Jesus the Bible says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge? You know how Jesus dealt with the Pharisees? You know he called them some horrible names. You ever read Matthew chapter 23? We will not have time to read it. But you know what Jesus called the Pharisees? I wrote it down because I want to make sure y'all, I want to get it right. <clears throat> he called them hypocrites. <laughs> he said, hypocrite sons of hell, blind, fools, rotten inside, snakes, and vipers. I was venture out to say that those are not terms of endearment. You would think that Jesus, well, Jesus, I mean, you well, just be nice to them and speak nice to them. Oh, Jesus called them. He said, you're a hypocrite. You're a snake and you're rotten. Why? Because he knew they were trying to sabotage what God is. See, you got to come to a place where anybody try to sabotage what God is doing in your life. You need to be very frank with that. I'm going to clap myself. If anybody try to get you off course from what God has called you, you know God, this is what God, if anybody, you just need to be very direct. I mean, you know, Paul one time, there was a lady who was following him around. I forget what verse it was, pardon me, but, but somebody kept mocking Paul and Paul was, pr- uh, was out there praying and they kept, she was following Paul and Paul stopped one day and turned around and said, you son of that devil of all wickedness. Paul called him out. He called out the spirit. Why? Because he understood that it was the distraction. Did y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? Amen. So watch this up. So in our in our in our in our text, our main text, gosh, and it just took me. Oh, how much time I got? Anybody know? <laughs> Amen. I like that. The, that. Boy, don't ever tell a pastor that. That's that. Oh, 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 don't ever do that, boy. Matthew chapter 14. So here's, here's in, our, in our foundational text. I got to do this real quick. So here, here's the disciples. And, 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 and they're in the boat, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. And somebody screamed, it was a ghost. I probably would have screamed. That probably would have been me. <laughs> see, y'all you are too holy to admit that. I just say it. If I see you walking on the water. What's that? You know, I'm just saying. Somebody, the It's a ghost. So, so, and when they realized it was Jesus, Peter, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Yeah. I mean, know if you want to come, God will sustain you. Yeah. If you want to, if you're willing to step out, he will keep you. If you're willing to go on the ledge for him, he will sustain you. Yeah, it might get hard. Yeah, the winds and waves are going to be crazy, but but he will sustain you. Amen. Now, so he gets out there and he's out there, and and, and oh Peter, he's, he, he's walking on the water. I said he's walking on the water. Yes, I said Peter is walking on the water because yes, yes, he's looking. He, he got his eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's walking. He's walking on the water. Yes, sir. On the water. And then suddenly, something happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 the winds and the waves and the storms came and Peter blinked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One blink. He took his eyes off Jesus. Yeah, yeah. One blink. started sinking. Some of us, when the storms of life come, if you're honest, you have a tendency to take your eyes off Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it gets hard, storms of life come, the discipline that you had, remember Mike Tyson, we talked about those disciplines? The disciplines that you had before, you read the Bible, you were in the church, you were serving God, you were doing the things you were supposed to do, all of a sudden life got hard and you stepped back a little bit because I'm going through a difficult, don't you know that the more difficult your time is, the more you got to press into God. Amen. Listen to me, you got to, listen to me, see I, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence takes it by force. That's the only thing that can come to my mind right now. You got to be determined. I don't care how hard your life get, that you are going to serve the purposes of God no matter what. You got to fight. Be where you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to do. And say, God, God, I'm going to stand no matter what happens to me. If there's no, if, if there's rain, if the earth is moving all around me and everybody else is crumbling, this one thing I will be confident in, I will stand with the Lord. You know, I'm going to stand. you got to determine that just because the storms and the winds and the waves beat up on your life stop tripping. Yeah, stop tripping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to church. Get in the word. Pray more. Pray harder. Seek them more. Not less. Because when you blink, you start to sink. I like that. When you blink, you start to sink. It's true. I didn't even think the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yeah. Divine revelation right there. <laughs> when, you, when you blink, you start to sink. But I got good news for you. Some of you, if you're honest, I got off track. I lost my focus, Pastor. Because, you know, Pastor, I've been doing some things I know I shouldn't be doing. Pastor, you know, I, I blinked. I blinked, I took my eyes off Jesus. You know, I, I stopped serving him. I, I stopped praying. I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped coming to church. I stopped fellowshipping with other believers. And, and you know, I, I stopped spending time with them. I, I blinked, Pastor. I got good news for you. If you're and say, Lord, save me, he'll grab you. you know, when Peter said, Lord, save me, what did Jesus say? He grabbed his hand. He still told him, said, so boy, where's your faith at? You know, when, when you draw back on God, you stop believing him. Let's tell the truth. You start, that's why Jesus said, Peter, where is your faith? Where's your faith? Where is your faith? Listen, I'm coming down and closing right here. Listen, listen. Some of you right now, you lost your focus. Yeah, nobody else knows in this room. Yeah, everybody thinks you got it all together, but if you're really honest, you really do a self examination, you've lost your focus. You lost it, and you're trying to figure out how to get back. Just scream out, Lord, save me. Save me. He can't put you I love him. He'll put you right back on track. Ain't God good like that? Ain't God good like that? Let, let me give you a couple of things. Watch it. Then I going to get you out of here. Tell you, have five more minutes. Please, I'm begging you. I think it's going to help you. I think it's going to help you. Give me five minutes. How do we stay focused? How do we stay focused? How do we stay focused as a people and what God has called us to do and as a church? How do we stay focused? I mean, listen to me. How I many know that what God's called us to do as a people is tied to a larger purpose than just room? It's big. We got to think what we're doing is big. Y'all, some of y'all are serving, and some of you are serving two and three places. I taught one brother this morning, they already been recruiting. People around here recruit. I'm gonna tell you something, if you want to serve, you better run. No, don't run. Because people around here looking for you, <laughs> they'll find you, they'll look through the folds and rocks, they'll find you. Well, number one, how many know we got to listen? We got to embrace the vision of the house. We're going to stay focused as a church. We got to be committed. Number two, to personal and corporate discipleship. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be committed every time. Every time a church door is open, I have an opportunity to grow. How many know that is David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked? The worst thing that can happen on a Wednesday is that you happen to be around people that love God, talking about biblical things. And how many you know, if nothing else, you need that in your brain during the course of the week. Fill yourself up. You discipline. Be committed to that. And then watch this. Daily pray. Some of you, 2015. 2015. Look at this. 2015. Read your Bible and pray daily. Some of you have never read your Bible every day. You've never prayed every day. Can I ask you do this? Make a commitment every, How many know that the devils of today, of every day, but particularly today, you got to hear God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. If you ain't praying and reading God's word on a regular basis, you, you're going to lose your focus. You're going to get distracted. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. What I'm telling you is practical, good stuff. Number three, be perfect. Watch this. Be perfect in our relationships. Perfect doesn't mean be perfect. It means be mature. How many know that we got to stop tripping over petty differences? Every person is valuable. Let me say that again. Every person is valuable. Every person is valuable. Every person is viable. If they walk through those doors, I don't care where you come from, black, White, stinky, funky, holes in your clothes, no teeth, teeth, hair, no hair, whatever. I don't care. Every person is valuable. We need, listen, there's no clicks in the house. We don't click here. Ain't no clicks up in here. We don't click. We love everybody. Every person is valuable. And we need to treat each other as such. We need to cross-pollinate. Was that right? And then finally, here's, here's what we need to do as a people. We need to serve joyfully. I don't know why y'all laughing, but I'm going to keep on going because y'all trying to distract. Devil I see trying to distract me. <laughs> up, 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 See? I'm full of the Spirit. Boy, don't mess with me. Bad today, boy. walking with the Lord. You got to serve joyfully. Serve joyfully. Whatever you do for God, do it joyfully. Do it joyfully. Smile. Be happy. Jump to the roof because you serve a great God. And don't let people steal your joy. Guard your joy. Guard your peace. It belongs to you. Every hate is bowed. Every eye is closed this morning. Father, we thank you this morning, God. God, thank you for reminding us, Lord, of our responsibility today. Father, thank you for reminding us, Lord, that you're with us. And maybe you're here this morning, I want to offer an altar call to you ever want to come. I'm not going to ask you what's going on with your life. I'm not going to ask you. Coming to the altar simply means you're coming to a place of change. When we say come to the altar, you're saying I'm going to be altered from the place where I was. And I am believing God, I'm going to be different. That's what the altar call is about. That's why we call it an altar call. I'm coming to be changed. I'm coming to go in a whole different direction. You're in the presence of God this morning. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and the Holy Spirit has convicted you. I don't care who you are. And you realize, you know what, if you're really honest, you say, Pastor, I've kind of lost my focus. I've allowed myself to be distracted. I'm involved in things that I shouldn't be involved in. I'm mad at people when I shouldn't be mad. I'm walking in unforgiveness. I'm walking in anger. You just lost your focus. I want to offer you today an opportunity to get right with God. This is a holy moment. This is all spiritual. This is spiritual. You say, Pastor, I've lost my focus. No matter what it is. I've gotten distracted. I just kind of got off a little bit. I need to, I need to come back. I need to get back. Is there one that say I, I need to get be focused today? If that's you, just come on up to the altar. If that's you. I just want to pray with you. That's faith. Come on. If it's you, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Anybody else? You just say, you know what? I just lost my focus. I've lost my focus. The storms of life, the trials of life, the problems of life, the situations that have occurred in my life have caused me to lose my focus. And I realize that right now, at this point in time of my life, I'm not doing the things that God wants me to be doing. And you know it in your heart. You know it in your heart. By coming and confessing here at the altar to God, you're first acknowledging which is the first place to healing. Many people say they want to be healed. Well, you know, healing oftentimes comes with confession. Healing comes with confession. So when you confess, you get mercy with God. Everybody say mercy. Mercy always comes to a person that's willing to be honest. Don't sit in the church of God. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't, be, don't, don't, don't pretend you're something when you know you're not. If you know you've gotten off course, you've lost your focus, maybe you were following God, maybe you were, you were really pursuing God at one point with all of your heart, and then something changed something changed and you're not pursuing Him anymore like you did. Maybe you got mad at God. Maybe you got mad at God. Maybe you got angry. Maybe you're mad because God, you in your mind, God didn't come through for me. God didn't show up when I prayed. I want to offer you an opportunity to come to the altar this morning and get mercy. And like Jesus did with Peter. Those who are coming up here this morning, what your cry is, is Lord help. And know this that Jesus is going to grab you. He's going to pull you back up. That's how good our God is. That's how good our God is. Everybody who's standing up in front of me, I want you to raise your hands before the Lord. See, why do we ask you to raise your hands? When you raise your hands, it is an act of submission. That's all it is. You're saying, God, I'm going to submit. I'm ready to stop fighting. I'm not gonna box with God anymore. God, my hands are up, God. Whatever you need to do with me, whatever you wanna do, I'm open, God. Do it in me, God, do it in me. Do it in me. Do it in me. I want each one of you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you by faith this morning. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for taking the wrong turn. Father, I need your help. I confess right now that I made some bad choices. I confess right now that I kind of lost my way. I confess right now that I lost my focus. Right now, Lord Jesus, I'm coming back to you. I'm asking for your mercy. Lord, help me. Say it nice and loud. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Help me to become everything you want me to be. I'm yours. I'm yours today. Sanctify me. Cleanse me. Purify me. I'm going all the way. I'm changed from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God another praise. Now. I want everybody to stay where you are right now. Stay where you are now. I want, every, I want everybody still praying, pray, pray, pray. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your savior, the reason why this church exists, the reason why we have pushed is because we're pushing to win souls, to bring people to the Jesus who can save, who can heal, who can make well. That's why we do what we do. This church exists for one reason seeking to save that which is lost. You're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, I have, I'm lost. I have not surrendered my life to Jesus. But I want to surrender my life today. I want to take it a step further. I want to get saved. I want to be right with God. I don't want to die. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be forever separated from Jesus. I want to be made right today. Jesus Is here to save you today. He will make your life new. He will give you a new course. He will give you a new purpose. He will set you on a path for eternity. If that's you this morning, you say, I need to get saved. This is is a, a, a call for salvation. I need to get saved. I'm not saved. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm not saved. I have no assurance that I'm going to go to heaven. I have no assurance. Is there one? I have no assurance. I have no assurance that I'm going to go to heaven. Hallelujah. I see that one hand. Is there another one? Is there another one? Is there another one? Is there another one? Hallelujah. 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 What's your name?
1: us this morning, Father, we just thank You this morning. Hallelujah. Thank You Lord Jesus. Oh God, we bless Your name. Thank You Lord Jesus. Oh God, we bless Your name, Jesus. We thank You this morning. Yes, God, we give You glory this morning. Father, we thank You this morning. Father, we just praise You. We just thank You this morning, Jesus. We thank You this morning. We thank You this morning. We thank You this morning. Yes, God, we thank You this morning. We thank You this morning, Jesus. We thank You this morning. Hallelujah Jesus, thank you Lord. We bless your name this morning. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. How he loves us. Oh, how he loves oh how he loves me he loves me he loves me he loves you and me yes he does this morning we're so thankful this morning god for your love this morning father we just thank you this morning for your love your grace this morning Father we just worship you in this place this morning, we just give you glory. We give you praise this morning. We exalt your name this morning. Lord you are king you are Lord this morning God, We worship you this morning, we give you glory this morning Lord. We thank you this morning, God we magnify your name this morning, Lord. Oh God you're so wonderful, you're so marvelous. You're so great this morning. You are awesome in this place oh God. You're loving. In this place this morning, you're kind and gentle this morning, God. We thank you this morning, God. Hallelujah, this morning, Jesus. We worship you, God. We glorify you this morning, Jesus. We glorify you this morning, Jesus. We glorify you this morning. We thank you for your love this morning, God. We thank you for your love this morning, God. Oh, how you love us this morning, Jesus we thank you this morning, God. We thank you how you poured out your grace and your mercy on us this morning. Your love is everlasting this morning, God. We just magnify you, we glorify you this morning. We thank you this morning, God. Lord, that you'll never leave us or forsake us this morning. Father, we just magnify your name that's higher than any name this morning. God, we thank you this morning, God. Nobody like you.
0: Hallelujah! It's okay to go a little bit longer. It's okay. Somebody make up a confession of faith in Christ. How many know that he's still saving today? He's a savior. Come on, stand to your feet. While you're standing, give Jesus another praise for what he has done. Nobody get the glory by him. All him. Now I want you to grab the hand beside you. Come on, we're going we're to do this together. Grab a hand beside you. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you, Father God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you for this service. God, we thank you for your salvation. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. None like you, Lord, God. Thank you, God, for bringing us from the dung heap. Thank you, Lord, for rescuing us. Thank you, Lord, God, for pulling us, Lord, out of some bad places, oh God. Thank you, God, for remembering us, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for loving us unconditionally. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your tender mercies, oh God. We bless your name, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you. We love you so much. We love you so much, oh God. We love you so much. We love you so much. We love you so much. much. God, thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. God, this morning, God, I am praying. God, I'm praying that you would cover your people god i am praying that you would sustain your people i am praying this morning that you would give us a power god to overcome every child every circumstance i pray this morning god that we would continue lord god to feel your power and to feel your presence oh god god we need your presence we we need your power oh god we thank you for your presence and your power lord we bless you lord you are real to us today You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're the God of the living. You are alive today. Hallelujah. You're coming back. Hallelujah, oh God. You're a reigning king. You're a reigning king. You're strong and mighty. There's no God like you in all the earth. Oh God, you're full of splendor, full of glory. Hallelujah. You're an awesome God. You're a mighty God. You're a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God hallelujah lord hallelujah 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 thank you jesus come on just tell him thank just thank him right now for for his salvation thank him for his goodness over you thank him thank him let him know how much you love him thank him thank him thank him him. he did it all for you he did it all for us. He did it all for us. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now unto him who is able, oh, Jesus, to keep us from so falling. Hallelujah. And who is able to present us faultless by the blood of the Lamb. Who is only able to wash us in his blood and bring us into his eternal dwelling. To him, Jesus, be the glory, be the power, and forevermore. And all of God's people shouted, "Amen!" Amen. Come on, give God a loud praise, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo. Hallelujah! Woo. Come on, go hug somebody. Go hug somebody. Let them know you love them.
1: Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah.
1: folks and tell them